0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Schlock Tactics, the movie podcast where we believe badder is better and aim to review the poorly executed punchlines so that you don't have to. My name is Ash and I'm joined once again by Mark. Oh, hi Mark. Good evening. And as you can tell by the title today, we are going to be reviewing two films featuring Paulie Shaw, a one-time go-to for your goofy kind of bro-dude comedy films for the the early 90s to mid 90s. So we're going to be reviewing Son In-Law from 93 and Biodome from 96, one of my all time uh, favourite bad movies, probably in my top five. Wow. Um, yeah, you'd be surprised how many of my favourite bad movies feature Kylie Minogue. <laughs> it's the thread that runs through them all. If you, can, if you check out any movie with Kylie Minogue. It's
1: gold, yeah. Mid-90s. Yeah, mid-90s, exactly.
0: So we're going to be reviewing those films. Uh, Last episode we did, if you want to go check that out in the uh, archives or on YouTube even, um, we reviewed two films adapted from H.G. Wells' books, that being The Island of Dr. Moreau, infamous uh, bad film, and The Time Machine uh, as well. So you can still go back and check that out. But uh, today we are back in fairly familiar territory with sort of uh, 90s comedy, slacker Uh, immature comedies, (laughs) certainly Biodome, I first saw when I was 13 thought it was the hilarious, most hilarious thing ever Um, but first of all we're going to be talking about Son-in-Law from 1993 now it's important to give context here as to how Paulie Shaw was able to get his own vehicle Uh, it's because the uh, popular comedy Encino Man or California Man uh, outside of America uh, starring Brendan Fraser as a caveman dug up in the back garden Mm-hmm. by sean Aston and paulie shaw and paulie shaw played a character that he was doing on sort of stand-up route called the weasel or the wheeze <laughs> which was a sort of a stoner surfer kind of california lingo almost unintelligible kind of slang and that was his kind of gimmick so he did that in california man and that was deemed to be so popular that he said do that character again but <laughs> but in your own film so that's that's uh, okay. how we got son-in-law basically have you seen California Man? No, no, oh. I've heard of it. I-, I was actually compelled to watch it immediately after watching this, um, <laughs> just because I remember that uh, that character. So the film starts off with a graduation scene. Uh, we're introduced to the the female lead of the film, Rebecca, who is played by Carla Gugino or Jugino maybe. Mm-hmm. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, people might be more familiar with her nowadays from the the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Uh, Gerald's Game, any kind of recent Stephen King adaptation by Mike Flanagan, she's in that and she's, uh, yeah, this is her much, much younger. And um, she's graduating along with all her classmates, a part of the Lincoln Tigers, local sort of South Dakota. This yep. is the, the middle of nowhere, Midwest in America. Out in the country. Out in the country, country girl. To the shock of and disgust of her parents, she decides she wants to go to college in California. <laughs> and of course, uh, all throughout this film, California is referred to as like where people go to become devil worshippers, <laughs> yeah, and, get <laughs> tattoos and become <laughs> prostitutes. Also, yeah. sort, all sorts of cliches here about California. She has a boyfriend called, called Travis, I think, who's a sort of a jock guy, and she has to say goodbye to him because you've gone off to California. Uh, so they have a bit of heavy petting in the barn, as you do in the countryside. And he's like, he's obviously wants to get down to business. And she's like, no, I'm not ready for that. He's like, but you're going away for three months. <laughs> she's like, well, can you wait? He's like, no. Wow. I suppose. Yeah. A bit begrudging uh, abstinence. Um, but uh, yeah, she um, she gets in, a, in the car with her parents and her younger brother, this little ginger kid, who was quite funny all throughout the film. He's, for some reason, he's wearing a T-shirt that says, seduce me, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that's explained. I, I didn't <laughs> no. see any explanation for that. Bit weird.
1: I he think it's a, just to indicate that he's got a, he's California. Like a <laughs> slightly more mature sense of humour than his age. Or not yeah. mature, but like more yeah. advanced than his age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's meant to be, I think, like a horny
0: teenager, even though he looks about 12. Yeah, yeah he looks about yeah. nine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the dorms in uh, in this Californian college, and straight away there's, like, music blasting. It's like, a bloke walks through in a towel, and someone whips it off him. And her mum, like, looks straight at his <laughs> dick. And like, whoa, whoa, it's uh, lively in here. Get to her room, and straight away, um, her younger brother starts going through um, her underwear and her roommate's underwear like oh look at these panties you ever wear something like these quite often making sexual references to his own sister yeah, which is a, a strange vein of, of humor i guess they're going for the from the country maybe slightly incestuous yeah. thing but it's not so obvious as to make it like funny it's no. just weird <laughs> um, and then a roommate carol is introduced uh, who is a lesbian kind of out of nowhere i wasn't expecting to have the lesbian uh, uh, characters addressed here obviously they uh, treat it completely uh, tone deaf um uh, she's, her girlfriend comes in and they kiss and uh, like the, or the dad's like oh and the kid's like ah, oh, yeah because you know early 90s lesbians were still kind of a novelty at least in these kind of comedies and they're sharing a room and, yeah you know, oh yeah so they're it's gonna happen yeah, the, the kid is kind of fantasising about his sister getting it, getting off with a lesbian. Yeah. Strange. We are introduced here to Paulie Shaw himself. Uh, his character is called Crawl here, which, as I say, is basically um, his character, Weasel. In, in A California Man, he's called Stony. In this, he was nearly called Snake. But he ended up being called Crawl. <laughs> you can see the kind of pattern yeah. here, the theme of, like, dude names. And he is exactly what you would sort of expect, just like a stoner... Surfer metalhead kind of guy, he's hanging upside down from like one of those bars. When their dad comes in and he says he's the resident advisor, so he's somewhat in charge of all these sort of students, which is obviously worrying mm. to the parents and to everyone probably. And butthole surfers is playing over the top of is this it? as well. Yeah, that seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. have I mean, the time. Ninety three grunge is massive, isn't it? Yeah. So, crawl is um, introduced to to Rebecca as well. He says, I, "I bet I can guess your name. Is it Sally, Jesse, Raphael?" <laughs> Again, very um, of the time that joke. Yeah. He's, he, she says, "I'm from South Dakota," and he goes, "He goes straight, cut straight to the chase. Oh, so you're inbred then?" <laughs> She's like, "No, wh- what? Where'd you get that from?" Uh, yeah, it's like goes straight in with the uh, the inbred stuff. So the family uh, sort of uh, cautiously leave her there and just hope for the best, really. <laughs> um halloween soon comes around mm-hmm. uh crawl is dressed up as a kind of like a caribbean woman with like a fruit headdress which mm. will come up again in biodome <laughs> um sort of like coconuts <laughs> as tits that that sort of gimmick yeah you might have recognized very quickly here adam goldberg and um, character actor people might remember him as the the root chandler's roommate and friends that dehydrates fruit <laughs> um, it's also like in Band of Brothers and like some serious, like Wes Anderson sort of stuff, I'm sure. He's slightly more inappropriate. He's browned up as a Native American character. Um, thankfully, he comes and goes pretty quickly. I'm sure he was glad of that as well. Uh, we got a funny little uh, cameo here from Link. Brendan Fraser himself uh, yeah. is um, just at this party <laughs> and he's eating a frog, which is something he does in, in California, man. Crawl sort of looks at him like, ah, oh, don't I know you? Mm-hmm. meant to be a different character so Mm -hmm. you shouldn't um it's basically the same character that's the point i think they're making there. that was was pretty funny to have the link cameo again they want to make sure people uh remember do you remember that really good film that you that film you loved like a year ago well yeah he was in that stick with us (laughs) you know this is going to be similar yeah becca starts to become homesick so um crawl gives her the tour of california this is quite funny. There's uh, sort of a montage of, like, roller skating. Getting the t-
1: tattoos. Yeah, she
0: gets a tattoo. She's wrestling. Dying. <laughs> yeah, mud wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, looking at girls in bikinis on the beach, and, like, steroid muscle men as well, yeah. like, perving on people on the beach.
1: I think Flea pops up from the Red Hot yeah. Chili peppers around. Yeah, Flea has a cameo <laughs> as the tattooist.
0: Yeah. Here. Quite a rich um, filmography of cameos Flea has. Yeah he's like in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas?
1: Yeah, uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, is like an yeah. nihilist. Yeah, <laughs> um, all nineties. Like he's yeah, yeah
0: he's had a he's had a better filmography as like cameos as basically himself than yeah. some people have had proper. Yeah. and he's not an actor. he doesn't <laughs> doesn't do anything. He he his catchphrase as the tattooist is "You pick it, I stick it." Just <laughs> was funny. She dies her hair blonde as well, so she's becoming fully fully California tattooed blonde. See, so her clothing becomes skimpier. This is very quick. been sort of westernised and yeah. liberalised, I suppose, is what they're driving at. They do go to the mud wrestling, as you say, and, uh, of course, this involves Crawl wrestling a really fat woman <laughs> sitting on him, as you, as you kind of expect. This somehow all leads to uh, Rebecca taking Crawl home for Thanksgiving. And this is the kind of the unexpected turn I wasn't really expecting for this film. You'd think that this film would all take place in college mm. with her turning into this liberal California person, but it's actually a swerve in that most of the film takes place in South Dakota. They quite quickly come back. Yeah, <laughs> with the weird California guy having to fit in in the Bear. farm yeah, farm yeah. country, which is, I think, it's not like a wild idea, but it wasn't what I was expecting, no. which was, I think, something to say yeah. for it. <laughs> they touch down at the airport. Her, her brother's got a sign that says, go home, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, she gets off the plane. Of course, her parents are like, Who's that?
1: That's,
0: that's not her. That's not her. Oh, my God. This blonde girl. She's been corrupted by and California. Who the hell is she with? <laughs> yeah. And who's your friend? And it's, this begins a long string of her dad getting Kroll's name
1: wrong. I think I recognise the, the actor that plays her dad. But I, don't I thought know whether, I did. I think, is he in The New Adventures of Superman? Uh, <laughs> let's have a look.
0: So, yeah, the dad was played by a guy called Lane Smith. The new adventures yes, of Superman. He was.
1: I hear he was Harry White I used to watch that when I was a kid. And Moore. it came that was
0: yeah, the same time as well, you. 96, yeah, or ninety three to ninety seven. So he he calls Crawl Crotch, and that's the first of many, um getting the name wrong gags that they sort of chuck at the wall. Once they get back to the farm, I was quite surprised to hear that this guy that they just met and they think is a complete fucking weirdo is gonna be sleeping in their son's room. <laughs> They're like ten year old son, apparently. Yeah. That, that's fine different times um, obviously as you ex- expect Crawl starts running amok on the farm you know getting stuff wrong ruining ruining the crops ruining the machines obviously Rebecca is reunited with Travis her boyfriend although obviously in the months that have gone by she's sort of grown apart and um, developed a new kind of personality and she's mm-hmm. not a small town country girl anymore so she's sort of gone off him he almost proposes to her in the barn but she sort of cuts it short um, and then it's like, oh shit, this guy wants to marry me, and what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good question. We learn that Crawl is actually some sort of um, computer nerd, computer expert. Starts talking about RAM and CPU, and then um, little brother says, you're a hacker disguised as an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah I am. Um, they give Crawl the sort of opposite to her Californian makeover, and give him a South Dakota um, makeover. Um, which involves kind of cowboy boots, little tiny denim shorts, redonkulous cowboy hat, that sort of thing. And he's trying to just fit in on the farm, kind of. He he walks past some people on a bench outside a shop and he just sort of like touches them on the face as he goes past. Inbreeders! (laughs) Which is quite a good gag. Uh, We're introduced here to the lovely Tiffany Amber Thiessen, my schoolboy crush, uh, a.k.a. Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Um she she's in this not a lot, but she's in the in this film as a character called Tracy, who's there to be the sort of um other potential love interest for, for Krull. This oh, is around yeah. the time of Say by the Bell. I got a lot of flashbacks here, it was it wasn't pretty. Um but yeah, I'm always happy to see Tiffany Amber Thiessen pop up. Now this is where um Travis um tries to propose again at some sort of dinner. They are forced into the whole concept of the film. Uh, Crawl quickly has the f- quick think and says, you can't marry her because we're married. I am,
1: yeah, we are.
0: We got married in California. We didn't tell anyone. So there, there you go, the son-in-law. <laughs> we got there sort of yeah. about half an hour in. <laughs> it became clear that they're going to pretend to be engaged just so she doesn't have to marry her sort of um, her backwards country boyfriend. He punches Crawl. Who just sort of crumples on the floor and cries in the fetal position for a while, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel is about right. So this leads the sort of father to um, find out what what and intentions are with his daughter. So he sort of thinks on his feet again. He's well, I'm I want to become a farmer, and they all find this hilarious. You know, him there's it, it, the dad and there's a granddad as well. He's like constantly just like pulling surprised faces and kids today sort of um, speeches and stuff like that. It's like, okay, you want to become a farmer? You get up at five tomorrow and we'll make you into a farmer. So you get this kind of, um, it's like a farmer training montage. Yeah. Like shoveling shit, feeding pigs, driving a tractor badly. (laughs) Just all kinds of slapstick. Yeah. It's a bit like um, The Simple Life, that reality TV show with Paris Hilton, Mm. where the socialites had to go and work on a farm and they all were disgusted by what they had to do. It's a little bit like that, but like 10 years before, yeah. (laughs) The, the little boy is there trying to teach him how to milk. It's not like a real tit. <laughs> and, and they do this sort of squeezing motion with the hand, which means like titties, which um, is weird, like in-joke they have. Or crawl well, refers to tits as cones throughout the film. You have to really have a, a, translate, you know, a translating dictionary to understand a lot of what he says. Nugs is like a hot girl. Cones is tits. <laughs> Wheezing on the juice. <laughs> I never figured out what that was. Wheezing on the juice. Nerds. <laughs> Birdie. You know, this This was what he was known for, this weird language. He tries to milk a cow and it pisses on his face. They have a sort of a, a classic dinner table row. Sort of what you might see in, a, in an English sort of Mike Lee film or something. But it's like an, an American country house.
1: Mm.
0: So someone will have a go at someone else and the grandpa will go she's out of control. And then the son will say something, he's out of control. And it goes like that around the table until they all sort of fall out with each other. The little kid shows him how to milk a cow. It's not like a real tit. And then crawl says, those are some freaky cones. (laughs) And all of a sudden we get a, a, a successful farmer montage. So, I don't know what happens, but all of a sudden he's still doing stupid stuff, but it seems to work. Mm. Like he accidentally writes his name with a tractor in a field of corn, <laughs> um, stuff like that. He's able to make an effective pig feeding route or shit like that, you know. So for no apparent reason, he's still an idiot, but he's somehow successfully farming. Yeah, that's the kind of gimmick. Get okay, Billy Ray Cyrus joke here, which very accurately dates the film to 1993. He walks in on uh, Rebecca's mum in a sort of bath towel and she, quote, gives him a semi. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a peach on a window. Um, So he offers to give Connie a kind of a MILF makeover for the hoedown, which they're going to go to that that evening. So she turns up in this sort of hot pink halter top, gets uh, gets Rebecca's dad going, basically, (laughs) gets the fire stoked again. This showdown is pretty funny. Um, a band on stage and Crawl gets up and starts singing, you know, take your partner by the hand kind of stuff, but he turns it into being about tits and boners. And, you know. <laughs> Funniest bit here is the really old guy playing a banjo starts doing windmills with his arm. Oh, yeah. Um, Then the singer of the Hoedown band, the original singer, does a stage dive and no one catches him. (laughs) Of course, you start to get this, as you can well imagine, the fake engagement. They start to develop real feelings for each other. Mm. Maybe it wasn't fake after all. Maybe we really do love each other. It's pretty predictable, really. He finally gets to whittle some wood with the grandpa, the (laughs) pappy, who's constantly sitting on the porch like spitting tobacco and whittling wood. (laughs) Rambly here. They go on a father-son fishing trip. The grandpa has like a heart attack or something, so crawl gives him mouth to mouth. He tried to kiss me.
1: Yeah, and yeah, of
0: course that doesn't go down too well in uh, Midwest America. <laughs> yeah, <Gay. laughs> Travis and his kind of buddies throw crawl a bachelor party, and you know you can sort of see where this is going. Um, Tiffany Ambertheson returns, hooray, mm-hmm. to do a sort of sexy cowgirl dance, sexy kind of double denim. Um, dance on the jukebox and stuff like that. So that was good. <laughs> she ends up fainting and then wakes up in the barn the next morning next to Crawl, which of uh, course yeah. Rebecca sees and she's like, "How could you do this? You've cheated on me." And uh, they're like, uh, uh, "Did we?" Uh, and they don't even they, know whether they've, they've got no saying. idea why, what they're doing now. What's <laughs> happened? And it's not a real engagement anyway. But there's this whole sort of like, "But you're still not meant to cheat. Obviously, you're not meant to cheat if you're meant to be engaged." But mm. So they have, like, a fake breakup to their fake relationship. It was around this time I started to think to myself, shouldn't they be going back to college at some point? It seems like yeah. they've maybe been several months here. On this the is farm. quite a long break. It feels like months and months <laughs> here. It's revealed that um, that Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character was was spiked by Travis, hence why she passed out at the, at the bar and why she can't remember what she'd done. This all gets revealed. Travis, I think he gets punched in the dick, kicked out of the house. Crawl and Tracy come back in to go, no, we can explain everything. She was drugged. We didn't bone. And he's like, that's right. So you guys he, didn't he, bone. He's like, that's right. He didn't bone me. And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, all right, We get it. Yeah, yeah, And it turns out that a big kind of fat farmhand guy, I forgot his name, Theo, I think it was. He he sort of uh, agreed to drug her. So he's fired. Travis is out on his ass. Rebecca's just about to explain that the whole engagement was fake but crawl but stops her and says oh, we've decided to postpone the wedding for a while see how it goes mm. so there we go did they go back to college <laughs> I don't think they went back to college so. it's really the story of two people failing at college <laughs> but being good at farming yeah and what kind of message this was meant to be about so that's it son in law from 93 what were your uh, overall impressions of this film
1: well, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty daft. I'd never seen any Paulie mm-hmm. Shaw before. so okay. Yeah, it kind of set the bar for me, set the tone. It's quite hard Watch. to figure out the character if you're not familiar with
0: Paulie Shaw. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the words
1: probably were confusing to you <laughs> <laughs> and me. A lot of the humour was really daft, but yeah. it was just good fun. Like, mm-hmm. nothing particularly bad happens to anyone. It's yeah. all daft, it's all silly, it's all just fun. It's just fun.
0: sort of 90s fair. Like, both of these films, I think, can, you can compare them to stuff like... Jim Carrey stuff from the same era, uh, Bill and Ted, you know, that kind of like Daft stonery, Slacker sort of stuff, like mm. Dumb and Dumber comes to mind with both of these films. It's its films where the where the the, the hero is an idiot. Yeah.
1: But that's good
0: because <laughs> yeah. it's a comedy and Chris Farley would be in lots of those sorts of films around this time as well. It's like the unlikely idiot hero. Yeah. But lo, like a lovable idiot mm. though because Paul, Paulie sure I, I know people probably find him massively annoying and I, and I understand that but i i find him a, a lovable idiot most of the time mm. you know
1: yeah there were parts where it sort of dragged a little bit but yeah generally it was pretty fun yeah i parts think it's like a fun. mid
0: mid-level 90s comedy mm. like not hilarious some of the jokes are really good i i enjoyed a lot of the jokes involving the little ginger kid yeah yeah i think he should be in more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, every now and then, Crawl would look at him and do, like, pump his fist to suggest masturbation. <laughs> Again, this is a very young child, but that, that is why it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was... Like I could say, I, I wasn't expecting them to come home from California. I was expecting the whole film to be her fitting into California, whereas they kind of spun it around and have the surfer guy kind of dude fit into country life, which was sort of an unexpected twist. And... um Although you could say a lot of it was predictable and the the, the general plot, um, it was still pretty funny. Some pretty funny jokes in there. So,
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: it was a surprisingly successful um, springboard from uh, from Paulie Shaw's California Man character. It was that character again, more or less. Did you see this film when you were a kid? Or? No, it was my first time. Ah. Yeah, no, yeah. I was familiar with uh, with California Man and that that mm. character. So. Uh, yeah, don't think this is as bad as uh, as people make out. So. Mm. Son-in-law from 93. So that leads us on to our next Paulie Shaw film, which is uh, pretty infamous, I think, in bad movie uh, terms. Biodome from 1996. Uh, now, this is one of my, my favourite films from when I was a kid. Like like uh, a lot of bad movies that I love now, I had no idea that it was bad at the time. Uh, I wasn't aware there was no internet, so I wasn't aware of what was bad and what wasn't. I mm. had to decide by myself, which is quite a good way of doing it. I think it would be, be better if people did that more often. Um, I saw this roughly when it came out, maybe a little bit after, so maybe about 12, 13. The ideal age for, for this humour, I yeah. would say. Probably rented it on VHS. Uh, I, I loved it so much, I even had my hair done like uh, like Doyle. Like <laughs> Stephen Baldwin's um, character nice. a couple of years after this. Basically, as soon as I left secondary school, I was like, I'm getting my hair done like Doyle from Violet <laughs> Dome. So I had these little, I'm sort of a bit like Zach de la Rocha, you know, yeah, very yeah. short dreadlocks. I thought that was a pretty good look. Like a young um, uh, Dexter
1: Holland from Offspring. Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> so this had a massive influence on me, both uh, visually humor wise. Definitely, I still reference this film every now and then keep on cruising and shave poochie poochie and stuff like that people look at me confused because not many people have seen this uh it's got a one score on metacritic which i believe is pretty rare pretty exceptional one percent so against my better judgment i am including this on a bad film podcast even though i think it's brilliant not everyone agrees so it's because it's got a one meta score i thought well what a what a good time to to review this and, and and shoehorn this in here so yeah, this is Paulie Shaw once again. A couple of years down the line, he'd been in a couple of other sort of leading uh, lead roles in goofy comedies, basically one a year from California Man onwards. Mm. Um, but this is him um, sharing the spotlight with uh, Stephen Baldwin, one of the many Baldwin brothers, one of the lesser-known Baldwin brothers, especially <laughs> after this film. Uh, I believe Alec Baldwin told him, whatever you do, do not do this film. It will completely ruin your career. <laughs> And
1: yeah, we didn't, what happened hear, after we didn't this. We didn't hear much
0: from Stephen Baldwin after this. <laughs> the only ever film I've well, he was in the usual suspects before this. Was he? Uh, yeah. He was one of the one of the, the ensemble cast in that film. Yeah. And then yeah. I saw him in saw him in a film where he was handcuffed to Lawrence Fishburne for some reason. <laughs> it may have been around this time. And then the most recent film I saw him in was a sci fi channel original called Shark in Venice. Which is exactly what it sounds like. So um <laughs> Yeah, it didn't do him any favours, this film, but, um, you know, pa- Paulie shaw the only way he could go was up from, from here anyway, so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we also have um, the great Kylie Minogue in this film. Yeah, I didn't know she um, was in it until... She's been in many, many bad movies, not many maybe, but every film she was in was bad. <laughs> um, uh, Street Fighter the movie, of course, we, we bring up every episode, I feel. I think she's coming She's coming off of Street Fighter the movie, actually, yeah. Um, what a, what a streak. Yeah,
1: it was probably a um, year after. She
0: peaked with Street Fighter and Biodome. <laughs> <Yeah>. Imagine that. <laughs> Kyle, Kylie Minogue um, in one of, a, one of her only sort of feature film. Um, uh, oh no, <laughs> her character is Dr. Petra von Kant, <laughs> um, which said with an American accent is, uh, is ambiguous. Um, William Atherton, I think you'd have to say, is the only legitimate actor in this film. He's known for being the asshole in Die Hard. And in Ghostbusters as well. Mm. He's taken a bit of a step down here. And also stars um, Joey Adams, who would be uh, would star in Chasing Amy a year after this. Oh, uh, yeah. But she's not quite there yet, so no. here we are. <laughs> um, so Biodome basically revolves around Paulie Shaw as Bud Macintosh or Squirrelly. And uh, Stephen Baldwin as <laughs> Doyle Johnson, a.k.a. Stubbs. <laughs> Gets quite confusing with all the names. To be fair to Paulie Shaw, this is not the same character again. I feel he evolved the character a little bit. He's playing something slightly different than his yeah. um, than his birdie thing. He's playing a little bit more straight, which I think is to his, to his credit. Great soundtrack to this film. I still love it. It's mm. got like a lot of oh, skate yeah. punk, crash test tummies, uh, da 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 a lot, like a lot. Yeah, um, faith no more, all sorts of good stuff in here. So I, I would listen to this soundtrack still today. Along with Tony Hawk, this would have introduced me to punk and mm. stuff like that at the time. So we get this kind of skate punk over these credits that are just wild like dolls that have got their eyes plucked out flying at the screen, like sunflowers rolling around, like ransom notes, roadmaps, <laughs> fucking mental kind of MTV type thing. Yeah. And then we open with an environmental montage, which is talking about, you know, um, global warming and uh, oil spills. Stuff that was hilarious in 1996, and yeah. uh, nobody took seriously. Yeah, I was which is the whole say, premise like, for the film.
1: Yeah, I was surprised at how there was just no kind of environmental mm, awareness no. back then. Um, I
0: think perhaps they're a, I think perhaps they're a little late in the day in '96. But yeah, the whole basis of this film is laughing at environmentalism, <laughs> which is uh, not dated. Well, has it? Right. Um, we we see Doctor Noah Faulkner, uh, William Atherton's character and the rest of the scientists so it, the whole the whole plot is laid out basically in the first 20 seconds. Mm. Um, there's going to be a biodome which is this sort of big glass enclosed building where five scientists are going to live for a year and see if they can maintain the environment and big experiment in, in environmentalism and the way the world is going and if we were just contained within a thing could we, could we maintain it or would we wreck it basically um, so we're introduced to Bud and Doyle here straight away kind of sitting on their couch, as you'd expect, being idiots. Bud um, smacks Doyle in the head with, like, a world atlas, mm-hmm. for no apparent reason at the time. Uh, they start shouting, free the mahi-mahi, free the mahi-mahi, because mahi, it's like a, a fish on the wall. Oh, yeah. I remember that, that line quite well. Uh, their girlfriends turn up, um, so that's uh, Jen and Monique. Monique is played by Joey Adams, who mentioned there from, from Chasing Amy. Um, they turn up to pick up yeah. Bud and Doyle to... Um, take take part in world earth day but bud says he can't go because doyle has had some sort of injury uh he's on the floor sort of quivering quivering wrist
1: <laughs> and uh
0: go, his girlfriend's all like oh you poor thing you poor thing and then sees the um the globe logo from the atlas imprinted in his forehead so realize that they're just trying to get out of environmentalism because saving the planet is lame <laughs> in 96 yeah the girlfriends decide they're going to teach them a lesson, so they kind of um, they they call from a payphone and say they're hanging out with swimmers at this lake. So Bud and Doyle drive there, listening to some Voodoo Glow Skulls in the car, which takes me back. Yeah, some classic ska core. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to the lake and there's nobody there; it's all dried out. So they've been kind of had. Then on the way back, they drive past the biodome, and because Doyle needs a piss, they they stop by. They obviously won't let them in. So, they need to cause some sort of distraction. So, as the opening ceremony for the biodome is, is happening, and all the scientists are being introduced, uh, you know, Kylie Minogue among them, um, their firecrackers go off and the security guard goes so that, so that Bud and Doll can kind of sneak in. And that's, that's how they enter the biodome and get trapped in the biodome.
1: Mm.
0: Scientists say so you've got Dr. Petra von Kant, which is uh, Kylie Minogue. Uh, you've got a Mimi they all play different obviously roles one of them's like a biologist uh, entomologist I guess Uh, there's a guy called T.C. Romulus who is like the bug guy and we've actually talked about him on a previous episode we talked about him on our Santa with Muscles review oh yeah because if you remember at the time I mentioned this guy turns up looking like he's catching bugs (laughs) same year same outfit, same actor. So this Kevin West guy that plays Romulus somehow managed to, I think, literally wander in, onto the sets of Santa with Muscles for five minutes and huh. they put him in the film at the same time he was shooting this. I, I'd love to know how this happened, if anybody knows, if, or if Kevin West is listening. How did you manage to get in Biodome and Santa with Muscles? Two of the worst rated films of all time, simultaneously. In the same year. Maybe by accident. I'm fascinated by this. So, so yeah, he's Romulus. He's he's quite funny. This uh, Olivia character as well is a sort of uh, older matronly character. And then William Atherton as Dr Noah Faulkner is the leader. He's he's quite funny throughout. Well, they get stuck in the biodome because he pisses in the rainforest. Yeah. And a big... Every now and then you get this close-up of this old computer screen with an alarm going off and stuff, saying stuff. It got toxins being introduced into the rainforest when he's pissing in it. They do chuck a lot of the wall in this film, yeah. to be fair. Not all of it lands, but you get we got our first taste of the crash test dummies. I believe it's the crash test dummies, da da da, whoever it is that does the da 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 song. Oh yeah. Uh, Mr. Leakey is here as well. Mr. Leakey is the main investor. He's like the, the big wig. Uh he was in the Burbs, a great Joe Dante film from the late eighties, that's what I mainly recognise him from. And he has to think on his feet because all the reporters are like, why have you got these two guys in there, that's two idiots? Like, Because they've closed the doors and everyone's trapped in there for a year. So he's forced to sort of come up with something on the spot. And so this is to simulate chaos theory yeah. in action and how to deal with it, which is quite clever. <laughs>
1: they're
0: trying to figure out how they managed to get in there. Are they terrorists? And they go, no, they're not terrorists. It's worse. They're college students. <laughs> they didn't look like they were doing much studying. I'm not sure about that. And like you say they, they do try and chat up um Kylie Minogue and Mimi, the other the other scientist. The cheapest lines you've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> yeah, all used. Yeah. Are you tired? <laughs> Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? All this kind of rubbish. So it's just non stop gags here. We get we get quite a few, um three three in a row actually, where they, they start singing um Spider Man to the tune of Iron Man and like with these get these wacky sound effects when they do it's very cartoony a lot of their jokes are accompanied by sound effects just coming yeah. in and, uh, like seemingly out of nowhere in the background <laughs> there
1: are a lot of references to like rock and metal bands yeah they, they reference yeah black Sabbath Iron Maiden Def Leppard at one mm. point like saying about having a drummer with one arm yeah he? and Dio as well at mm-hmm. one point say <laughs> uh, uh, to, uh,
0: to Faulkner you think you're So smart, are you a rocket scientist? Yes. (laughs) I I like the joke where they say that uh, you're not one of those crazy cults, are you, that sort of wear like skins as loincloths and have like massive orgies? No. Damn it. That's quite a good one. There's a recurring joke in the film where they they play rock, paper, scissors, but um, Doyle always goes for rock. Hmm. Every single time. <laughs> so they do that for the bedding, and Doyle uses all the bedding and is forced to sleep in a bin bag. Things are starting to get tense within the scientist team. They're, you know, they don't want, obviously, don't want uh, Bud and Doyle there. They're taking up all the food. They're using their toothbrushes, this sort of stuff. Um, and Faulkner decides to sort of try and include them a bit, so they takes them on the on the tour of the biodome. They start smoking, and he said, "Let's make a rule: anything you did at home, you can't do here." Like, anything? And then you get them shaving a dog <laughs> um, with loads of shaving foam flashback. <laughs> shave, poochie, poochie, shave, poochie, poochie. <laughs> Just one of the many unexplained kind of flashbacks, which I which I love. We get a lot of musical montages, but here's one here set to Faith No More. We Care A Lot, which is pretty cool. Yeah. There's a montage of them. I think, I think this montage is them sort of trying to help, but not, but being stupid. That's the kind of gimmick here. Mm-hmm. Again, trying to crack onto the scientist girls. Kylie Minogue sucks off a carrot. <laughs> yeah. um, strange. She's wearing these tiny sort of jungle shorts, like um, jungle explorer shorts throughout the film, which, mm-hmm. which I did enjoy. Uh, and the end is sucking off a carrot. So, yeah, you can imagine the impression it's made on me as a 13 year old. I think, genuinely, one of the, the, the MVPs of the film is the Russell character. Deadpan kind of miserable guy that I think is meant to be going out with, uh, with um, Monique's mother. It's vaguely referenced, but he's constantly sitting around in her house. <laughs> she comes in and says, "There's beer in the trash <laughs> in the in the bedroom. There's beer in the trash in the kitchen. There's beer and the trash in the garage. What does that tell you? We're out of beer." <laughs> but like deadpan, it's brilliant. The actor looks familiar as well. So yeah, I know what so, he's... Um, but he's he's really good in this. She asks him to go out and get beer, and he says, I can't because I hurt my bladder rollerblading. <laughs> Dead pants, great. Um, So obviously the girlfriends find out that Bud and Doyle have um, wound up in the biodome. They come and obviously say how proud they are of them, and of course this is an opportunity for Bud and Doyle to pretend that it was their plan all along. We, we do care about the environment. You were wrong. You know, mm-hmm. we've signed up voluntarily for this, um, this environmental thing, mm-hmm. um, which obviously they would do. One of my favourite flashbacks here is the um, <laughs> the farting flashback. Uh, the The costume decisions are very interesting. Bud is dressed exactly like Crawl or Stony. Mm. Um, in his sort of traditional bell bottoms, he's got his curly hair again. He's got a big curly wig and a bandana. He's playing that weasel character again. Mm. And Doyle is dressed like some sort of goth. Punk. it has got yeah. massive like liberty spikes, black <laughs> lipstick, and like a chain around his neck. It? It's very odd. This is meant to be them in their in their teenage years, I suppose. Mm. And um, they're having a, a sleepover where one of them are fart and the other one has to sniff it and guess what they've eaten. <laughs> keep on cruising, keep on cruising. <laughs> Peanut butter, ranch, uh, meatballs. Yeah, you know, I, I remember that being very funny. And it's a good it's a good way to somehow shoehorn in the Polish or weasel character, yeah. which they did uh Mr. Leakey visits them and is, you know because they've starting to become really popular, bud and Doyle have starting to become celebrities, it's talking about merchandising opportunities, they say that they should make condoms, something about them being super lubricated, mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> sure action figures that are anatomically correct so like with massive wangs. And uh, a sex line, a premium rate of sex line. <laughs> Just a few of the ideas. Uh, we get the Ramones version of, of the Spider Man theme tune here over a montage, <laughs> a gardening montage. Sort of scientific talk about purple sticky punch, aka weed, and how they want to grow grow some uh, some weed in the biodome because they can use it as hemp. Mm. And that's why they want to do that. We get Rose McGowan pop up here very briefly, who was obviously in all these sorts of teen. In films at the time. There's talk of a mega kegger <laughs> outside of the uh, <laughs> on the college campus. Bud and Doll are still messing up. They make a smoothie out of the entire fruit harvest, which you know to try and impress the girls. They um, find what they think is a jacuzzi, but it's actually some sort of rain generator, and they're farting in it, which leads to the line mm, "just got a little warmer." <laughs> I still use. <laughs> As you can tell, there's not a, a great deal of plot in this film. It's going from one gag to another. <laughs> yeah. Like airplane and stuff like that. I feel it's in, it's in a rich tradition. Dumb and Dumber, you could say the same about that, you know. A series of scenes that don't have any kind yeah. of structure or any <laughs> sort of A series of, of Button Doyle being idiots and doing something wrong. Yeah. Idiots. Doing something wacky. It's at this mega kegger where Jen and Monique meet these sort of guys who are pretending to be environmental. Um, to try and uh, get in their pants because they know Bud and Doyle are, are, in, are stuck in the biodome. If like they later admit they just want yeah, to get laid. <laughs> to later rumbles. <laughs> Bud and Doyle go too far when they set up flypaper to catch all of the bugs that they accidentally let out of Romulus's room. There's brief talk of Faulkner having a third nipple, <laughs> which is never, never come back to. Um, <laughs> um, so they end up being locked up in a room by the... Uh, by the rest of the scientists, but of course they find their way into the air vents, uh, find another room, and they they open these barrels which sort of have biohazard stickers on them, but mm-hmm. are actually full of like Doritos, mm-hmm. um, and snacks, and Spam. They find uh, laughing gas and start getting off their tits on that. It's quite <laughs> funny. At one point, Doyle throws some sort of syringe at Bud, and it like pierces him in the heart. <laughs> so they get kicked out again but there's only one place they can kick them out, and that's out to the, uh, the desert. So are still in the biodome, but they're in the desert. They start... There's uh, a funny scene where they start um, confessing things that they've done in the past because they think they're going to die. Is it one of them says that, do you remember you had a turtle and uh, it disappeared and your cat got blamed and the cat got put down well i i stood on that turtle and flushed it down the toilet and let the cat take the wrap oh yeah It's like okay well remember your um your auntie um (laughs) your uncle thought she was having an affair with a quote flamingo dancer um (laughs) that flamingo outfit was mine um i blamed i blamed it on the on your uncle
1: and then the last story is just like something it's about it's the great a... chipmunk fire of 79 yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which comes up later on as well yeah
0: so Doyle just says remember the the, the chipmunk that, that went into the gas the kerosene and flipped off of the plank in the garage and wiped out half the neighbourhood was that you? no but it was pretty funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big build up <laughs> so they they wander around the desert that's must be a pretty small desert considering it's indoors um and they eventually just find a window with a key in it and open it and there you go Hmm. (laughs) far-fetched which they do acknowledge russell turns up again with a pizza delivery outside the biodome they just call it on a payphone. um there's a funny joke where they say russell how did you get a job he goes fucking president clinton and they're like are you? <laughs> Which has got to be a Monica Lewinsky joke, I'm sure. Ninety six has got to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, funnily enough, uh, you probably didn't notice, but um, Bill Clinton's brother is in this film. Really? As um, <laughs> I should have pointed it out, is a guy at the campus that gets the girlfriends to sign his Bud and Doyle um, t shirt, and that is um, Bill Clinton's maybe half brother.
1: I can't picture that now. Does he uh, look like him? Not really, <laughs> it doesn't do
0: anything, and they don't even make a Clinton joke while he's there, so I don't know what the point of it is. I don't think he's even recognizable celebrity, but oh, there yeah. you go. There is a Clinton in this film, but they, they get him on a Monocle whiskey joke in there, and um, the idea is they're going to throw their own biodome party or their own environmental party to rival the the ones that are being thrown outside of the the biodome and here we get tenacious D, yeah, in their first ever appearance well, in in anything I was gonna say I didn't even know I didn't even know they were together no, at this point. no I think this was their first sort of appearance as tenacious d
1: I looked it up um, after we watched the film because I just assumed that they came out when their first album came out like <clears throat> in the early noughties. yeah actually Wikipedia says they formed in 94 mm-hmm. so a couple of yeah. years before this so
0: yeah this yeah. is their sort of coming out party yeah <laughs> biodome if you remember it for nothing else it was tenacious d's first uh, appearance mm. in, in, in anything. Singing a song about saving the planet, which is quite funny. I always remember um, being never listening to what the actual dialogue is in this scene because you can hear Jack Black in the background. just going, We just want to save the trees. <laughs> we just need to save the trees. Save, save the frigging trees. <laughs> yeah!
1: <laughs> and that's it. Was Jack Black an actor at this point or not?
0: Yeah. He, he? um... Actually just watched an episode of the X Files um the other night from ninety five that he was in. Yeah. Um and he was in Never Ending Story Three in like 93, 94. Okay. So yeah. He's been around um he's been around by this point. Yeah. Still a bit of a bit part. I think he would be in uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, the year after this. Ah. He was popping up in various things, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't have his breakout until school of rock, I guess. Mm. But here they are, Tenacious D is the soundtrack to some sort of hippie back rubbing. Um, but then they all discover that there's a party going on at the Biodome, so everybody from the campus goes goes to the Biodome. There's just um, the computer screen is going, warning, all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> and like you say, the, uh, the environmental fakers are there. The girlfriends discover that they don't care about the environment <laughs> and they just wanted to get laid. <laughs> he says you'd have to strangle a dolphin to get into her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Good line. <laughs> And then Bud and Doyle appear, sort of carried on um, on on these platforms. They're they're decked out in all this tropical kind of gear. And again, we get Paulie Shaw. He must have this thing about dressing up in fruit. He's got he's got this massive headdress which is made up of like foliage and fruit and stuff like that. <laughs> and they're regarded as sort of gods, you know. This party's just going mad. There's a there's a punk band playing sort of Ramones covers. The rest of the scientists obviously try and stop people. Faulkner gets like handcuffed to a post. Romulus like starts freaking out. It's just all, all gone to shit. Mm. the morning morning after, uh Mr. Leakey and his lawyers come in and he says it's just disgraceful. I haven't seen destruction like this since the chipmunk fire of seventy nine. Who comes full circle. It does. And uh, all all the while here you have a Faulkner who has disappeared. The handcuffs have been, like, snapped or chewed through by rats, they say. Mm. And every now and then you get him peeking out of a bush looking mad. (laughs) So you get this sort of descent into madness from him, which I think he's quite good at, actually. Mm. Again, he is the only legitimate actor in this film. The rest of the scientists are just like, that's it then, we're leaving. Homeostasis, the the percentage of of how good they're doing is, like, 12. And he's still got, like, half a year, I guess. Never going to be able to do it. But Bud and Doyle are like, no, we can fix this. This is our fault. We're going to help you. And they shut the the back door, the back window. Doyle threatens to swallow the key. You get this big dramatic countdown. <laughs> and just before he swallows it, you hear Russ going, hang on, hang on. I don't want to be locked in here. Can I get out? <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Swallows it. He swallows the key. There's really, I don't know what this is for, but you, you see later on that, um, Russ and Monique are watching the news, and there's a, a news footage of a clown being shot by a sniper. Oh yeah, and I think rewinder meant to be like the JFK footage. I think it's like you can see the bullet enter and re-enter, <laughs> Zoinks the clown or whatever that whatever it's called. You I mean, sort of go back yeah. a few times to rewatch it. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have any purpose. It's just <laughs> funny. Yeah. Uh, we got a montage here set to a, like a punk cover of Kids in America, which is quite enjoyable. Uh, much like in Son in Law, they're still doing the stupid things, but all of a sudden it's working. Mm. So the the beer can effect of creating moisture, trying to make a filter out of a cigarette butts. You know, Mr. Leakey is trying to get people. He's trying to get them to leave. Um, so a SWAT team says, "No one will be able to withstand this." And start playing the safety dance by Men Without Hats. great A great um, novelty synth pop song. Mm. So there's a montage set to the safety dance where they're sort of um, dancing the dance from the video complete with the dwarf, like in the music video. I don't know if you realised that, that was in it. I think for anyone who hasn't seen that music video, there's just a random dwarf. Okay. You get these sort of seasonal things, so it they're trick-or-treating, so you know, okay, it's October... Happy New Year okay. so it's the passage of time even though they're rushing it now it's getting to the end of the film <laughs> Faulkner has sort of an un- a secret underground lair where he's been working on explosives like explosive coconuts he's got a parrot that um, he eats because he's mad it's, it's all a bit like Heart of Darkness yeah. at this point you know. <laughs> The girls finally sort of get off with Bud and Doyle. They, mm-hmm. they come into their room, but they they have to turn them down because they've got girlfriends and start humping the door. <laughs> uh, they discover Faulkner's lair. They discover he's got loads of explosive coconuts. They say, stop that mother Faulkner, which mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed. <laughs> And, yeah, they manage to foil his plan, stop this the destruction of the biodome. They get homeostasis back up to 100%. And then he appears for one last coconut and throws it in, like, really funny, super slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the entrance blows up, but then doll emerge from the smoke and reunited with the girlfriends, and they, they drive off happily ever after. Mm. You're just left with Faulkner, who somehow manages to escape out the back door in the desert. Like really close up to the camera, and the camera just stays still, and you see him just wandering off in the background, laughing like a maniac as the credits roll, yeah, and there you go <laughs> it's biodome from nineteen ninety six What were your overall thoughts
1: on this one? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was really fun, like we said, it was just there wasn't much plot. you kind of you get introduced and you think it's gonna have some kind of mm-hmm. environmental mm-hmm. kind of theme to it, and then it, it like an allegory it, it yeah. kind of does, but it's not really about that it's It's, about two guys dicking about (laughs) doing stupid shit yeah um i think i like the whole buddy thing like these two characters like yeah they're quite likeable they bounce off each other likeable idiots yeah Yeah, it's a good double act um and yeah it's just daft and funny
0: and just good fun really it's pretty similar to dumb and dumber and that kind of stuff same time idiot couples you
1: know it's it, really mindless like you don't need to pay attention yeah, really no, <laughs> <laughs> which is why i enjoyed it so much as a, as a kid and yeah. like i so say
0: i didn't realize it was a bad film and kept watching it still got it on dvd it was one of the first films i bought on dvd in maybe 2000 or something like that probably mm. had it on vhs before then just thought it was brilliant thought these guys were really cool i'm 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 genuinely quite um annoyed that it's only got one on metacritic <laughs> um I, I, I want answers um, also won a Razzie um, Paulie Shaw won I think maybe his only Razzie here for uh, worst actor although it was tied with Tom Arnold in Big Bully, Carpool and The Stupids That it's a four way tie uh, <laughs> come on uh, I take a particular exception to this um, Stephen Baldwin won the worst on screen hairstyle <laughs> like I say, I had this hairstyle for about two years so I, I disagree yeah, that's a stinker awards um i, I love Biodome. Yeah, i think it's the peak of paulie shaw's um lovable idiocy mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure not everyone enjoys that um gimmick <laughs> but i i felt this was toned down from son-in-law and from from california man from that, that original surfer gimmick he speaks fairly normally in this still being high-pitched and irritating input in points but um this this is the Maybe the peak of his acting abilities, playing this this Bud character, and yeah, I've I've loved this film for over twenty years. It's funny, it's brainless. If you like Dumb and Dumber and and, and uh, Jim Carrey and Chris Farley and that sort of stuff, then I would recommend this bio Uh So, Mark, if you had to be locked inside a, um, <laughs> if you had to be locked inside a giant rainforest uh, for a year with one of these films, and um, have to maintain its uh, environmental integrity <laughs> would you want to be locked inside with son-in-law or with biodome
1: biodome <laughs> yeah. yeah i did enjoy son-in-law it was good but i think um what kind of sets biodome apart is the having that kind of duo thing, yeah. like bouncing off each other yeah like, the whole kind of because the, thing. because you had that
0: in california man as well that's the, that's the point like Paulie sure Shaw was the the comedy and Sean Astin's character was a straight man and in in this. I'm not sure who the straight man is, but, um, (laughs) yeah, he works better as a duo, doesn't he? That's for sure. He didn't have anyone to bounce off in, in Son-in-Law, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. I like Son-in-Law had some good songs in it, but I think this had even more of that in it and like more references to bands as well. It was more 90s. Yeah. Or it's more what I remember from the 90s. felt more like alternative Kind of. like just the way
0: Paulie Shaw looked in son-in-law it didn't look like he was in 1993 he no. looked like he was in the 80s yeah um, Biodome is qu- pretty quintessential um 90s slacker comedy I would say mm. um so yeah I would agree I would I would love to be locked in a, in a room with biodome for a year <laughs> um I've watched it so many times over the years I can I can quote it <laughs> pretty word for word kind of reminds me of like an American version of like bottom. Rick Mail and Aide Edmondson. Yeah. Very similar. And like Laurel and Hardy. It's the same kind of slapstick, toilet humour, yeah. Silliness for like teenagers, uh, juveniles, you know. Mm. And that's that's what I was then. And I guess <laughs> that's why I am now. Mentally. <laughs> yeah, Biodome is there the better bad movie here. I don't even think it's bad. I just wanted to review it. So Metacritic, you're wrong. Razzies, <laughs> you're wrong, Biodome is amazing. If you think Biodome is amazing or if you think it's shit, we'd love you to uh, get in touch and let us know why. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Schlock Tactics. Uh, Let us know where you stand on this uh, divisive Biodome film and if you've seen Son-in-Law, what you think of that. If you've seen California Man as well, let us know what you think of that. Um, So, well, recommendations if you like... Uh, either of these films so we've mentioned um, Encino Man or California Man a few times that is um, Paulie Shaw's kind of breakout role if you can if you can call it that in between um, California Man and Biodome he also did a film called In the Army Now where he played a character called Bones Conway and something called Jury Duty um, I haven't seen either of these films I've only seen the posters um, but I, I think it's uh, Two more son in laws, uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. One where he has to join the army and one where he has to do jury duty, I'm guessing. (laughs) Um, So I don't know about those. Um, He did an interesting film in 2003 called Pauly Short is Dead, uh, which was an interesting kind of mockumentary where he faked his own death Mm. and had lots of minor celebrities. Fred Durst is is good friends with him, (laughs) um, for example. um, so yeah maybe check that out as well but like I said if you're looking for more sort of idiotic 90s slacker comedy stuff like Dumb and Dumber um, that's really good I don't think that's bad I think mm. Dumb and is amazing mm. um, uh, if you want to obviously subscribe to the show you'll be notified every time we release a new episode if you want to give us a positive rating on iTunes that would really help us as well we'd appreciate that like I said get in touch on Facebook Instagram or Twitter if you want to feedback on any films we've done Suggest any films for us to do in the future. We're always open to that as well. Uh, but that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics. My name is ben Ash. I've been joined once again by Mark. Good night. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.